This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Nathan Begley, who's the Managing Director and Founder of Upstream Energy, which is a solar uh, energy systems business. G'day, Nathan. Hello, Alan. Um, And Nathan uh, was kind of, not quite still is, but was certainly for a long time a fireman. Yeah. Uh, in Sydney, tell us uh, just uh, so how did you how did you move from being a fireman into solar energy? What uh, what was the I uh, bizarrely enough had a sailboat, sailed it all out to Townsville, ran into a friend of mine from school, and he had a really good idea about an open market for his excess solar off his off his house. He was ten years ahead of his time, basically fantastic idea, but. Uh, I'd never really thought about solar before, and it sort of planted the seed. He was quite dedicated with his family, so instead he threw in a bit of capital, and I took the reins, and we built an idea. So he had a solar panel. He just had a solar system on his roof, yeah, that's He wanted to be able to sell the excess power. He wanted to sell the excess power on the free market. Why did he have to give it to uh, the retailer? Why couldn't he give it to his neighbour? You know, like an open market for excess solar. He was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. This is eight years ago, so it was a good idea. Um, And that planted the seed, and then I went home and looked at all the rooftops and thought... Why isn't there solar on every roof? There's got to be uh, a price point or a reason or some kind of barrier to entry, and that's um, what started the seed. And now we flash forward some seven years, um, and Upstream's got around 100 installations across the country. And you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with you, Alan. So, so what do you? <laughs> that's right. So, but what you didn't do was to put a solar onto houses' roofs. It's all commercial, right? That's right. Um, yeah, we find that commercial is generally a better fit because, you know, right now when the sun shines, you're at work. You're not usually at home, generally speaking. Um, so the, it's all about consumption based. Now we want to put the solar where it's required, not so much feeding it into the grid, but actually giving it to the site occupant. So probably the tenant. So tell us what the deal is. How does it work? Sure. We invest in commercial assets so we can uh, outlay the capital to install solar on the roof. In some instances, we might lease the roof space off the landlord and then we deliver the power to the site occupant, which is basically the tenant. So the tenant can enter into a fixed price agreement for a number of years. You know, we've got various terms anywhere from five up to, I think, 20 is the longest term we've got for a bowling club in New South Wales. And in that way, they can sort of ensure that their daytime power supply is at a much lower rate than the grid and it's sustainable and it's and it's fixed for the term. So right. that's no So you no build increases. it, you yeah. supply the equipment, the, the panels mm-hmm. on the roof, you pay for the pay for it all and then you sell the electricity to the person that owns the roof. Yeah. From the outside it looks from a client's side it looks like we are any other retailer, effectively, because um, we find that's the difference, I guess. They don't really understand how this framework applies. So we just look like a typical retailer. All of our clients just get a bill every month for how much power they consume from us. So it's... But do you take over all of their power requirements or just daytime? Generally just the daytime. Um, but when, you've bring, when you bring in uh, batteries into the mix, it becomes... Do, so do you in. install batteries as well? We do. We've got a site just north of Perth, which is Australia's first 100% off-grid, 100% sustainable school. Uh, we provide all the capital for the project and they are powered just by uh, rooftop solar and batteries. And that's starting to come into the... And does that only work because they're not having classes classrooms at night? Um, it works better, uh, but... but if, they were, if they were firing up the, all the classrooms in the evenings, would it work? It would still work, but I think um, the cost efficiencies might not be as good. Having said that, we've got two schools that have approached us in the last few months one in Queensland, one in Victoria, surprisingly enough. Uh, and these sites, 
It is just as economical for them to have solar and storage than it is to be connected to the grid. And we always talk about batteries being the thing of the future and in a couple of years' time, then they'll be cost efficient. They're cost efficient right now. Right. So. And uh, how, I mean, you were talking about how the sometimes you rent the roof space and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Does that just change the way the relationship or the financial relationship works? Yeah, it depends on the landlord. Some are really interested in the sustainability space and they're really actively engaged in uh, helping out their tenants reduce their outgoings. Others uh, consider that the asset is an investment and they like to see a return. We can respect both sides of the coin. In some instances, we'll lease the roof, but generally that affects potentially the saving a tenant might get. Um, or it might reduce our returns as well. So it's a bit of a uh, splitting up the pie, so to speak. And have you got any clients whose roof is large enough or their consumption of power is small enough that they don't use it all? Yeah, absolutely. And who owns that excess power? You do or? We do. We yeah, do. You that's do. right. Um, so the excess flows into the grid and there's a, lot, there's a few different providers of, of this type of framework. When we started seven years ago, there was, I think, two or three. Uh, so we were some of the first, but out of the range of providers that do it at the moment, there's, I guess, a mix. So if you're signing up for a client, um, it's important to know the difference between whether or not you're going to get charged just for what you use or for, you, or for the entire amount that's produced. So we're only charging our clients for what they use. Anything else that goes to the grid, we'll take the rights to that. But uh, the actual client themselves, if they shut down on Christmas Day, they don't pay us for anything. So, is it, so your deal with them, with your clients, definitely reduces their power bills? We've got an average saving about 15%. I think the most we got was 46%. And that was for the bowling club that I mentioned because they wanted a super long-term contract. So. Right, so you gave them a better price. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. longer the term, the lower the price, basically. And so, and as you say, that it's quite competitive now. How many, how many people are doing this sort of thing? Um, I think there's probably... 12 to 15 companies Australia-wide that are doing it, um, and I suppose there's a different approach that everyone takes. Is it? Is yes. that right? Yeah, that's right. I think um, ours is a pretty commercial offering, but there's, there's certainly uh, a lot of different approaches to it. There's a lot of different ways, and I've often said since the beginning, greed kills deals. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so is that a matter of margin? It's a question of how much margin you take. Um, it is a little bit, but it's also about the end result. What happens at the end of this term? You know, I mean, who owns this asset? So we always try to keep the term as commercial as possible, um, and then we hand the hand the asset over to either the tenant or the or the landlord. Um, whoever, right. So, whoever is it, for, so in your, for your clients, it's a rent to buy. I suppose uh, for the purposes of understanding it simply, yes, you could describe it that way. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they, so all of your clients at the end of the term, whatever it might be, um, they will own the the uh, yeah. panels. Yeah, there's no uh, cost at the start. There's no cost at the end. You're simply buying the power at a fixed rate, and then at the end, you're not buying the power. Well, the, power, well, the panels after ten years or whatever the deal is, uh, are they still okay? Yeah, they've got a lifespan of around twenty five years, um, and the inverters usually warranted for ten. A lot of our agreements are around 10, 12 years. We find that, you know, we'll be replacing the inverter within that term and then they'll get a brand new one. Yeah, right. Mm. Do you think that this, what you're doing and all your competitors are doing, means the end of the big energy retailers? Yes. It seems like it to me. (laughs) Yes. I I shouldn't say so clearly, but I I do consider there is a significant disruption that's underway. probably similar to the taxi industry and Uber or um, Instagram and Kodak or something like that. But um, what you see, all those rooftops that you see out there, it's simply a matter of time before 
you know, the pro- proliferation of what you've seen in the residential market happens in the commercial space where there's simply solar everywhere because it is the cheapest form of power. It's as simple as that. And the Australian energy market operator is working hard now to try and keep up with this, this two-way grid situation. Yeah, they are. are. They're not. They're introducing some smart technology. Uh, out there, some new measures, but um, I guess it's more about uh, battery storage. You know, once you see that cost effectiveness tick over now and then in the next year or so or two years, it's gonna it's gonna have that uh, uptick, I suppose, and it's gonna well, be more already, about reducing loads. We're already seeing the um, the grid price of daytime power in the middle of the day uh, being driven to zero. That's right, and in some cases negative. That's true. Um, the reason why this works quite well is because no matter how cheap power is, you've still got to get it to your front door. The cost of the network is usually between 40 and 60% of the end recipient's bill. So if you're generating it on site, you simply don't pay that. That's right. the difference. Yes. But um, uh, if, if power is kind of zero or negative in the middle of the day and you're charging somebody for it from the power, for the power off their roof, is that not a, uh, a problem for your clients, that they're paying something to you that they could get for nothing? No, you're talking about the wholesale market. So the wholesale market goes up and down. It also goes up to $14,000 a megawatt hour in some instances, but the end user doesn't pay those rates. They pay an averaged out version of that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but it also means that the, um, the night time is a problem. It's starting to be a, become a problem, right? You raise an interesting point, Alan. Because you've got the daytime power prices getting pushed down, it pushes the nighttime prices up, which only makes the case for batteries that much greater. Yeah. Mm. But also, um, isn't it true also that uh, coal generators can't really uh, be viable just generating for the night time? Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you're going to see over the next 10 years is going to be, I think, a significant change. Yeah. So, and, and if you've got uh, someone that's actively providing capital for the projects, then it's going to uh, receive a much quicker uptick. And you're right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Great to talk to you, Nathan. Thanks. Thanks very much, Alan. I'll be talking to Nathan Begley, who's the co-founder the founder and managing director of Upstream Energy.